welcome to the first ever Mad Axman lockdown podcast of the lockdown era. This is basically five blokes over slightly patchy audio chatting down the pub about toy soldiers. If um, if you wish, think of it as a pound shop top gear with less cars and more dice. The um, We're talking about things, quite a wide range of things. Rommel, Zeiston, Forged in Battle, Flames of War, Peter Pig, Essex Miniatures, the Museum Hotlights, the Battle Empire game, overseas competitions, remember them, when they used to exist, and even a bit of World of Tanks at the end. Um, please forgive us the audio, I think we've got a better solution for next time, and um, sit back and listen to this rubbish while you're painting, um, because that's all we're really doing, aren't we? Um, enjoy it, and um, stay safe out there. This means war. Okay, well, welcome to yet another one of the incredibly sporadic MadAxman.com podcasts. This is our first um, post-lockdown podcast in which we're using basically what is now everyday super multi-channel technology to beam in people from all corners of um, North and West London, or possibly where Peter lives. I'm not entirely sure. Um, because, because being Wargamers, whilst we've known you for years... We haven't got a Scooby about anything other than what armies you own. Um, so <clears throat> we're here online, and let's just go around the houses, going from the top. Um, who else do we have here? We've got Simon. Hello, how's it going? <clears throat> Where are you beaming in from, Simon? I'm coming in from Paddington. From Paddington, good. Mr Finkel. I am North Kensington. North Scum Kensington. Is that is that the posh bit or the scummy bit? Uh, let's go a bit. What do you think? Excellent. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Correct answer. Um, Dave, where have you not got a cab from today? Me? I, I'm uh, I'm in Harrow, darling. Are you are you up the hill or down the hill? I'm down the hill. I'm in South Harrow. Somebody said there's some bits of Harrow like Bright Brixton. That's where I live. Right. Okay. So is it is it South Harrow or is it um, South Harrow? South Harrow. Then all right. And Peter, okay. the mystery man, whereabouts do you go? Uh, I'm in the delights of the Isle of Dogs in uh, the shining lights of uh, Canary Wharf. Just so, do you, so do you actually really live there or are you just working late or something? No, I actually live here. Wow. Okay. I've, I've done for a couple of decades now. Oh, fantastic. Was it in the Isle of Dogs in a certain movie about a zombie apocalypse in a lockdown? <laughs> actually, that's uh, a bridge I go over um, on the way to the tube. Um, when I'm able to go on the tube. Um, so it's a bit apt. Um, some of the scenes were filmed around where I live, which is a bit disturbing. And I'm just trying to remember, was that 28 days later or 28 weeks yeah, later? Yeah, eight days later. The, uh, the, the bridge that's protected, that's uh, basically they've turned the Isle of Dogs into a protected area. The bridge that goes over to Canary Wharf, that's the normal bridge you walk across to get to the tube. I've got a horrible feeling that's 28 weeks later rather than the, the first one, 28 days. Yeah, 28 weeks, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they filmed the new Sweeney movie just behind my house as well. Uh, with, with Ben Drew, um, yeah. with, um, Plan B, isn't it? Yeah. God. Well, that's a that's a tour of tour of London involving gun-based violence. So that, that kind of gets almost baggy. So that's the scene. Film. Film, cinema, and gun-based violence, which gets us broadly back to wargaming. This means war. 
so as we said, this is our first five blokes who should be at the pub but not um, chatting during the world of lockdown. So for those of you who've been missing being down the pub, listening to other blokes talk about wargaming stuff that you're not really interested in, because actually all you want to do is interrupt and tell them, tell them about what you're doing. Um, this will recreate that experience for you, complete with a bit of beer and some some background noises, um, what sounds like um, at least one of the five people who appears to be broadcasting from within a packet of pork scratchings. Um, <laughs> not quite sure who that is, but um, who's anybody? Well, anybody admit to eating crisps? Not quite sure. So, so look, so I guess we've now been. We've now been two weeks. <laughs> There's a world of pork scratchings here. We've now been two weeks of this. Uh, this or I think it's this. my beard on the mic. I haven't been able to uh, get my haircuts in there. Oh well, the haircut thing's a whole a whole different thing. Most of us are, are losing mm. hair, but we're going to have far too much by the end of this, aren't we? Because no one can go to a barber, and Amazon has run out of men's hair clippers already. So um, what? <laughs> yes, no, that's true. My my personal theory is that by the end of um, well. Give it another month and most people's group video calls will look like the introduction thing from the Muppets. Um, <laughs> so hairy kind of random. Yeah. See that or Planet of the Apes. Something like that, yeah. Uh, we've got razor blades. But I think, you know, the question is obviously um, working from home, WFH, um, in theory, when it's only you, that really often translates as a painting day. But unfortunately, when everybody else is doing the same and they keep ringing you up on video camera, um, it's a lot bloody harder, isn't it, really, to get anything done? I don't know. Has anybody actually managed to to really make a dent into to anything um, in the last week or 10 days? I put some main note on base. That was as close as I've got so far. You've just done basing? I know, literally one magnet on a base. One magna base. Oh no, yeah. Dave, you're you're um you're kind of furloughed, sequestered, whatever it is. But I've I've seen yeah. some of your stuff. What what have you been going for? So I have painted in the last week uh, eight bases of Scythian horse archers. So so when you say bases, do you mean um do you mean Cavalry or light horse or or dismounts. forged in battle. Um, Scythian medium cavalry, three to a base. Grade LG. So is is that the mythical Kickstarter has actually arrived? Uh, it's actually I've actually painted the first Kickstarter. This is the second lot I've got. It's the entire army of Scythians. Wow. As I've copied the guy who beat me in the first round at the Worlds. In Rome, you lost to a Scythian army. I did, yes. Oh my lord! So how? Maybe my Indian ally was um, unreliable, right? And his, and his fight marks arrived in the next go. So, so what? So how do you paint an army so that that happens every time you use it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be nice, wouldn't it? But it gets a bit boring using the same tactic over and over again. So I must admit, I, it's one of those armies that. Is it something like next to a good army in the army list book and you always flick through it? I, I can't remember ever seeing it. I think it's one of those that you look at and it, um, it it sounds interesting in the concept and then you put it on the table and you go, well, how am I going to win with this? 
Well, Dave's got well, the answer. I think my opponent hmm. was, I mean, I was using Alexander's army with elephants. So he had um, one command, which was all the heavy cavalry. Right. Bow. Heavy Another cavalry. Another command is the off table and the flank march, which was six medium cavalry, which yeah. suddenly appeared very rapidly. But he had a third command, which was. Uh, Tim's favourite ally, um, a Thracian Plains ally. So that was four javelin men, two light horse and a light foot. And that caused enough problems to hold my elephants in play. Actually, yeah, that's that's quite a lot to, for an elephant to sort of command. But don't your, don't your Thracians just come out in front of the elephants and chop them up? Not in this case, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his javelin men ran off and... Uh, so my th I had two Thracians and an elephant attacking his four javelin men. Yeah. And, two so, and then, of course, it's like I say, my Indian ally in the centre of the table, well, in the centre of the table did nothing. Yeah. yeah until he's overwhelmed. So anyway, it was a bad start to the world. So I thought, and it was a very pretty army he, he, had. he mm. had. He In fact, the same figures, the forged in battle figures. Oh, right. So they were, they were out last year. Yeah, yeah, they're the first round. So they're the sort of classical, forged in battle, did classical armies, Carthaginian, Romans, and all that first. The Kickstarter this year has been... Um, the sort of Normans and that sort of period. Yeah, exactly. So have you, has that army arrived yet? Because it sounds like, Peter, you've got that as well, haven't you? Yeah, I, I've i got mine. Uh, Dave, you got yours back in sort of September time on the second yeah, Kickstarter. Um, I've been trying and doing a few of the Normans um, on this one. Uh, so I wanted to build out the Norman army I've got. So I've been having fun doing Sicilian Normans and feel like that. Um, so I thought I'd actually build it out to have all the dismounts and everything else so you can turn up and have a bit more perspective when you have a great big line of medium knights so i was going to be using that um, on a couple of competitions which have since been moved yeah moved and postponed okay yes so spain is saying that the um picking up some figures for king of the battlefield you're saying that they, yep. they are unmuted. the old Eureka miniatures that no longer are sold here in the UK? Um, that's what, yeah. yeah. It's just just a couple of couple of units because I just wanted to clear them out of the way and then I concentrate on painting my Vikings. I've got this I've got this idea I want to do 1066, have all the different armies, and I've got stuff that can masquerade as Saxons. So with the um War and Empire Kickstarter, I've painted I've bought some figures which I can make up to the rest of the Saxons. I've got a complete Viking army. And I've already got the Normans. So I thought eventually um, maybe do, do some sort of campaign based on the Scharnhorst uh, Blucher system. Because I think you could, I think that could actually be quite a good method of um, creating battles for ADLG. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. You could definitely pull a few maps out because the way the Scharnhorst system works for those who've never played Blucher, um the rules writer has pulled out a series of about 12 maps of france europe and germany and various other locations where some big battles happened and then you can use those to generate your battles it's all done on a grid system so then you like you move your army around to different um uh divisions 
and then that helps you set the table up so you don't get a straight line up and fight game or something might come in from one flank and well the other flank will never arrive and all that so that could work very nicely in adlg so how, yeah, how, have you, how have you set the armies i'm sorry the vikings up then um andy because I, I guess that's always a choice of of your stodgy lidang or um or lidang which is a whole different debate um or your slightly more flaky but faster moving um medium foot kind of attacky stuff well, these are, these are these are kind of Vikings rather than Laydang, and uh, I have a couple of I've got a couple of uh, bases of berserkers, and I've got some medium swordsmen. But essentially, it's going to be mainly heavy sword with some. Um, I've got a mix of figures: some with spears, axes, and swords. A bunch of them. You know, I'm looking to have them all uh, armed the same because I think that'll look a bit better. Did you get the um, Viking longship in the Kickstarter? No, I didn't. That looks hugely expensive for what it was. What Looked good, though. Pardon? Looked good, though. Oh, they're, they're stuff beautiful. I mean, actually, at Warfare last year, I think it was, they had the Norman Mott and Bailey Castle painted and set up, and that looked absolutely spectacular. It's completely impracticable scale for ADLG, yeah. but it's a beautiful-looking movie. So was, was that made out of MDF, or was that the first um, boat not to be made out of MDF um, in recent memory? Um, no, I think it's pewter rather than MDF. Wow. Wow, that is going to be expensive to buy. I, I, I thought it was resin. It might, actually, it might be. You, you might be right there. Yeah, I think they did it resin, because they, they also did a, um, a Byzantine church. Yeah, um, yeah. Where you can actually swap it, swap it out depending on who who've you got uh, holding Constantinople. <laughs> oh, what you swap the um the symbol on the top? <laughs> Literally, and <laughs> they had spare symbols. That's pretty cute. That's pretty good. I like that idea. Good. So Dave, you've been um, you've been doing. We said you've done your Scythians. Andy, you've been doing some Dark Ages Kickstarter. So it's a world of forged in battle at the moment. Um, um, Simon, you've you've stuck one base with with MDF. Um, so what about um, you know what about you, Peter? What have you been? Um, he says with well, a slight uh, Australian accent, having mentioned the word Simon. What are you doing, Peter? Yeah. Um, uh, well. Um, um, I was just saying just before, I was uh, doing Flames of War. Um, I've okay. managed to do a company of uh, German paratroopers, um, mm. try and pronounce it correctly this time, Falsum Yaga, um, which I've had a box of them sat staring at me. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as we're doing the lockdown and as the kids have been home and I haven't had to do the usual ferrying skills off to uh, take them off to various activities, and the delights of Canary Wharf for a beer. Um, I've had the weekend uh, basically cleaning up a whole company of uh, paratroopers to set up for eventually playing Flames of War again, which I haven't because I've been so busy on the ADLG and everything else so uh, I've been up to um, the last few years. So is this new edition Flames of War then? Because you, you played it way back when, when it was Flames of War, and it was the, yeah. you know, the most competitive wargaming rule set um, since the days of high DBM, I guess. Um, 
but at, but there seems to have been down at, at central london well while central london was still open a a sort of slight renaissance of second world war with with people actually playing flames of war and and there's always a lot of the stuff in shops as well they're still bringing it out so someone's buying it but um well what they've done is they've converted a lot to plastic uh, you've had the plastic soldier company which thought uh, brought on a lot, a lot of that because the the armies when I was playing it back then it was it was competitive but it was a big old thing to carry around mm. and fairly expensive with the plastics it's brought the price point down and the accessibility they've uh, rejigged the point scenario and everything else so it's slightly smaller forces not the same extent as it was before um, but it's still uh, a very good playable uh, rule set. Um, from what I've read and what I've seen you know, and heard from the guys at the club and everything else, um, it's still very popular. Uh, it still plays quite well. The new uh, version needed a fair bit of tweaking and they've just released the late war book. So it sort of spurred a few people like myself to get back into it. And as I've got more time than I'd normally have, um, you know, I was hoping to be um, either Paris this weekend and off sailing in the competition in the following weekend, I suddenly have time on my hand to actually get some painting done. <laughs> but is it is it a new set of rules or is it an upgrade? Um, is that, is that it's a an upgrade. Question. Yeah, it's more of a, a, how can I say it, an evolution of the rules. So they, they haven't thrown everything out. Um, but they've substantially changed it. I'm just waiting, waiting for the new version of the rule book to come along. Um, so they've tidied up a lot of the things. And uh, from what I've read and heard, they changed a bit of the stuff that people would sort of gamify um, right. as opposed to actually make it playable. Oh, sorry. So um, you're, you're waiting for the new version 4 rule book, not, not the version 4.1 of, of something. Yeah, the new version 4, yeah. Okay. So... It's it's been updated with the uh, latest edition of the late war information. So I've just got the two late war books uh, that they've just done for D-Day, which has got the new points and how they actually configure the armies. Um, so imagine ADLG, but they've actually rejigged how they've actually set out um, how, say, the Normans in Sicily were put. So it makes it, you know, takes out some of the trick stuff that people were doing. Right. Okay. So, Dave, you started this, and uh, you may still be alive at the somewhere at the other end of the phone in Harrow. Um, have you has, has World War Two ever appealed to you at all? Um, um, as Ian Mackay said, I won't have any Nazis in the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Having said that, I'll admit I have got a bag of Fulshamalga upstairs. Well, that's the best place for them, isn't it? They, then they, yeah, exactly. they, if they jump out, they can, yeah, they landed on the roof, yeah. Exactly. They were dressed as nuns as well. Is that some sort of film that I don't remember properly? Or um, is that... Something in the 70s. Now, I've, I've got a lot of Americans for a US force, so I thought I'd do the ones that uh, they go up against. Yeah, all, all my Second World War stuff is... Um, well, it's based for PBI, the Peter Pig sort of grid set of rules, which um, I think kind of evolved into being too uh, slightly too overcomplicated, and then then ended up being played by not enough people really. Um, and so I think I've got about three different iterations of it. Probably the last iteration I've only ever played once um, in that classic of buy rule sets, never play them world. 
but but I do love the figures. I, I think I've got some Brits, some Americans, a load of Germans. I think I flogged a load of Russians on um, on eBay just because that was just too boring. And um, I bought, I bought a load of British and Germans off you, Tim, some years ago. Yeah, and I've been using the same Jeff at um, Rommel, and we really enjoy that. That's that's it's, the te- those were ten mil ones, weren't they? Pardon? Those were ten mil ones. Yeah, I think mainly Pendragon. Yeah. Yeah. I I played Rommel against Jeff and really didn't get on with it at all. I I just found it. Um, Jeff, Jeff Jeff's a very smart player. He thinks he's yeah. really good. Hands it to you unless you really know what you're doing. So that's what tends to happen to me most of the time. But occasionally I occasionally I manage not to bog it up too much. Um, yeah. But you actually get a game done in a reasonable period of time. And um, there, there actually there are some scenarios they've published now which are better than the generic ones they do in the book. Yeah, because some of them work quite well and they can be quite um, quite tense. Because it, sort of, it did appeal to me, the concept of sort of a more strategic level sort of quasi-board game, but, but I just found the, the scenarios that played in the first couple of games, they kind of had a trick in them or something. Um, you know, I don't know, you were, you were defending two out of three objectives and if well, you chose the wrong two you'd just lose or if you get to, you get to guard your supply line and some bugger goes sitting on it then you're stuffed yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, that, uh well once you learn not to do that or um like in, in late war there's there's an event you can do with the allies called carpet bombing and uh, that kills <laughs> takes off every unit in, in in the square now i want to put all my artillery in the one square together at the back and then it got carpet bombed i've never done that since <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it's a bit like the Flames of War thing where you had with the uh, US, um, I think they've changed it now, but they used to have this naval bombardment thing that was basically grid square removal, which got a bit tricksy. Um, but they've also kept in one called Time and Target, which was basically the US where they actually had deviously uh, calculated about how to get all the batteries' guns to actually land at the same time, same place, instead of um, all over the place. So if that lands, you can basically take out a whole bunch of units and reduce their saves and stuff, which is always quite entertaining when you manage to get the opposition's um, command element under there. Yeah, but I guess, you know, I guess though, if you if you know you're fighting something that's going to have a big artillery stonk, you can sort of spread out. But I just found there was some, I don't know, game square level things with with Rommel that um, if you didn't defend this and and sacrifice this one, it was just unwinnable, um, and it just wasn't a particularly enjoyable experience. But um, but I guess that's it, each to its own, really. Yeah, well, as I say, if you try try one of the different scenarios. I think you might find it a bit more enjoyable. But you know, yeah. I just I, I speak as I find, you know. So. This means war. Is is anyone trying to sort of like painting challenge then, uh, aiming to get a, a new army done by the time we come out of uh, sort of like restricted isolation? Yeah, my just the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically, I reckon this Scythian army will be done by Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're thinking this pandemic's going to finish fast, don't you? I'm really not joking. I, I'm thinking I, 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 the Lead Mountain is going to have to be refreshed. 
Well, I've got a load of stuff you could do in mine if you want. Um, I'm actually painting them right now, and I'm loving painting them. So what what makes what makes them what makes gives them that thing? Because you know, I've got some great some of those forged in battle stuff. Some of them look a tiny little bit pinched, but um, and and sort of a bit detail free, but they paint up nicely. But and and people do rave about them, and you know, and I like them. But they're still not, you know, they're not Zeiston, if if that makes Ooh, sense. I don't know, you know. Really? Wow. I'm, when, I, I think at first sight, they don't look as good. Hmm. But what, what I've done is I've sprayed these ones black. Right. I've only them black. And then I've sort of dry brushed them with a grey over the top to bring out the detail. And once you see the detail in them, they're really quite good. And I mean, well, these Scythians, for example, because the Scythian army, so you want a lot of variety. Hmm. So I'm sitting here and like the heavy cavalry who are sort of like the cataphracts or the noble cavalry, there's like, uh, I've got 12 bases and there must be six different um, figures, but they okay. look together really good. Yeah. Okay. Because they produced a huge number of figures in that Kickstarter, didn't they? Just, oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I did your trick, Tim, where you sprayed them white as an undercoat um, the, and used those um, uh, Games Workshop inks, okay. not quite inks. Yeah, the new contrast um, I Yeah, the, the contrast, contrast paint, paint. that's it. Yeah, and they, as Dave is saying, it, it sort of like picks up the detail. It's almost nuanced. Some of the Zyson stuff that I've had, uh, I admittedly haven't got a lot of it. It's almost like the the detail's gone over time, um, because you know the you know compared to fresher molds and things like that. Uh, you know I, I really like the Zeiss stuff. It's just the, the forged in battle stuff. I can get one a lot more, and two, quite frankly, for my competence and level of painting, um, it picks up the detail and allows me to put it across quite nicely. Okay, right. So how much on the Kickstarter then? How much does it work out? A figure is there a is so that's on it I'm, I'm still in the kickstarter and I, so I, I was with the kickstarter last year the dark ages one i got a byzantine army mm. and I, I got that very early and i just bought this Scythian army and it's eight quid for 24 infantry or eight quid for 12 cavalry so Eight. And it's about, about, about it's 120 quid for an army with all the various um, options, really. So it's, it's 30, 33p a foot figure. Is that right? Eight for 24? Am I doing my maths right? 33p a foot figure. Yeah. Okay. That's, for that money, it's got all That's at the Kickstarter rate. It's, it's, that's basically, it's, it's, it's 12 quid normally for the same sort of figures. Okay. 50p a figure. So even at full price, so 50p a figure, which I think is quite reasonable these days for what you pay for 15 mil figures. Yeah, because Essex has gone bonkers, hasn't it? And I think Essex has kind of crept up on us as being expensive now. Yeah. Because then I think Essex, Essex has got some new figures, which are really quite nice. Yeah, they, they've moved on a bit. But I suppose I'm just so tired of, of seeing... Well, there was a few years when you just see Essex figures in the same same poses in every army, and it just yeah. got a bit monotonous. But but the world's moved on from that a bit. 
but there's still quite a few people who are loyal to that sort of i mean i think there's some people who like that uniform. uniformity yeah. yeah yeah no well I, i've just been chewing through some um of those Without those, <laughs> uh, those new museum hoplites um yeah yeah chucked a few of those work in progress photos up on the website um this last week um well you know i i really like you know they're nice they're great um but i think i still can't quite get my head around whether the fact that that makes them look really good is the fact that they've got really huge shields so they've just got a massive little big man transfer um that you can't help um noticing and and the shields are flat or much flatter than normal ones so it doesn't even crinkle up and and mess up the, the transfer just sits on it so see that that's one problem for me that i really would like to do hopolites but i just suck with those transfers uh for whatever oh. reason whenever i try it they all fall apart on it, it might be the curvature of the shields you know if you stick try and stick them on an essex or something the shield's so curved that the transfer just doesn't stick on properly but these are you know they're flat and big and they're almost kind of like washers or something like that just big big slabs of metal um that the transfers just stick on and you actually get a really really big image they are huge the hot one of the guys in spain i was playing was was using them and they are huge shields and they're not they're not as curved are they no no they're, they're, they're almost completely flat How was the Spain fiasco? Oh, God, uh, oh, yeah, Spain fiasco, yeah. We weren't talking about you know what. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about, let's, let's just pretend yeah. that um, you went on I mean, somewhere and had a disaster. To be honest, the highlight was getting horribly, horribly drunk in Pamplona within Yaki on Friday. <laughs> that, that never happens. No, no that <laughs> really, I mean, it was really drunken. Were you not Whilst Inyaki, whilst he was trying to sort out the entire education system of Pamplona hmm. <laughs> during the crisis, was getting he was drinking harder than I was. That's for sure. So, did you cool. on Friday night? Did you know it was already toast? Uh, when did well, the we knew that the we knew that the uh, players from Alicante had turned back at Zaragoza. Right. So we knew we were going to. I mean, I think. On Friday, we thought would be 12 out of 40 players. As it was, we turned out to be eight out of 40 players. Wow. And, uh, and Dave Allen was left in the lead. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, that was kind of, yes. Yes, he was, yes. For a while. What was, really funny, what was really funny was there was eight players on the Saturday in a bar where they were playing music, which sounded like Kit FM, with Heart, hmm. which is the play of my life at the moment. Anyway, so it's basically Inyaki's club versus the one, two, and three highest players in Europe. Right. <laughs> Me, uh, Dave Allen, and Gordon. For some crazy reason, we're number one, two, and three. And one of Inyaki's clubs. That's, that's probably because Masculiano's not been playing it yet. No, exactly. Because yeah. no one else has played any competitions. We're number right. one, and two, and three. <laughs> uh, one of Inyaki's club, who they all would taking the piss out of quite frankly was uh he was sitting there going right he only has to beat dave allen to have been the one two and three best players in the world <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite amusing oh.
and then you then you got you know locked down on Saturday night, was it or? Well, on, on Saturday they were. It, well, the, the, I think the whole of the rest of the city went into lockdown on Saturday. I, I don't. I'm not quite sure how that bar stayed open. It was like we were in the Pamplona version of the game. Right. Okay. Nobody but noticed. with better beer and better food. Nobody noticed. Um, so they kept going, and but on Saturday night we knew we weren't going to be doing anything on Sunday. So we on Sunday we ran for the airport. Yeah. And, and was that even because if you started in Pamplona, that's quite a long way from Bilbao, isn't it? Yeah, it was only. I mean, the, with the motorway back, it was, it was it was absolutely empty, apart from trucks carrying food. And we we were back at the airport by twelve. Well, Dave Allen got he he got a new flight and got came back straight away, and and Gordon was back there. So, uh, I'm not surprised after his previous Spanish uh, experience. Yeah. I think he realised his easy jet flight might disappear on him. And it just did. God. So that would have been the um that would have been the last um so was that literally the last War Games competition or, or was um perhaps That's what we're saying. If this, if this Spanish player had beaten well he beat Gordon and beat me. Yeah. So if he'd beaten Dave Allen and that was the last competition in Europe this year, he could have ended up being the top player in the world. In the world this year. Default. Yeah, default. Yeah. And, and I'll take come on, you know, come on, John, all you watch what his name was, all you got to do is beat Dave Allen. Yeah. Well, you know, I suppose that's that's legitimate. I'm still technically the best um the the, the European champion at Fog Renaissance. Um from, hey. from the one time there was a competition um about seven years ago. <laughs> So, so I think that's still on my um, my still unbeaten, yeah, on the CV, on the forum, yeah, definitely. Because I, I I escaped yeah. from um the last competition in North America, I think was it that same weekend or was that? Yeah, it was yeah. the same weekend. I was yeah. watching both of you guys escape. Yeah, and that was nuts as well. So um, you know, I saw your pictures. They were quite good. America just went went weird on um on Wednesday evening, and then um by I think Thursday night, you know. I, Dan picked me up at um, an airport and we drove to to this strange little town on um, which is basically the side of a road where sometimes if it gets dark you've got to be hopeful that the um, the Amish people in buggies on with horses have got rear lights otherwise you can stack them on on like a dual carriageway um, and and went to the legendary host which is the home of Historicon but this was for Cold Wars. And, yeah, and there's just huge amounts of tables set out for people to to come and do that American competition thing, well, not competition convention thing, and congregate and play multiplayer games that that set up. And Thursday night there was no one there at all. You know, it was I think there must have been forty, fifty tables in this room, and I think maybe half a dozen were occupied, if that. Um, it was it was super quiet. Watching a game of um, Battle Empire, and then the next day we had um, a doubles competition, and a lot of players had dropped out. I think poor old Dan was just fielding calls and WhatsApps and stuff from people just being told um, you're not going by their their better halves. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think we ended up with we still ended up with something like twelve doubles teams, um, ten or twelve doubles teams. So there were sort of twenty odd players there. Um, and I partnered up with um, a guy I I can know or know on and off Steve Roper um, to 
to use this Sassanid army because the guy that I was going to play with couldn't couldn't get down. Um, his wife pointed out, I think his doctor pointed out that he had the kind of medical condition that that meant um, if he came, he may die. Um, focuses the mind. A um, little bit extreme. Yeah, it focuses the mind. And um, so we, we just struggled with this Sassanid army. In, um, well, I think we actually did all right in the first couple of games. And, um, and then in the final game, we played a couple of really nice guys from Canada. One was a Canadian, one was a Brit, who they were sort of new players in that way that you can do in ADLG. And, and they got what you look at as a, you know, four or five year player and go, well, that's a weird army composition. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then they just throw it. I think it had like something like eight pikemen in the middle and then a command with sort of three elephants and a couple of Thracians and stuff next to it. And then five companions maybe. And, and they just stacked it against one edge of the table hurled it forwards, got first move in, and um, and we just got run over by it before we could get out of the way. <laughs> just like, what on earth is going on? Cataphracts got crushed by um, by the pikemen, and um, and they couldn't chew up the companions anywhere near quick enough, and, and their elephants battered ours because they were elite, and, um, and we just got hammered in that one. Um, and then, then we had a big old American meal and um, a singles competition three days on the second day. Um, and I, I managed to lose two out of the three in, in that one um, in pretty quick order. So I had a lot of time walking around a very large but very empty trade show trying to work out what's unique in, in America so to buy. You, so you didn't sort of uh, harness the luck that Harrison had when he went over to play the uh, in the American competitions then? Not at all. <laughs> no, I just had some some spectacular um, incompetence and some spectacular bad dice. But but I did pick up some, um, I think, sort of 32 millimeter um, military garden gnomes. Um, <laughs> gnomes. Yeah, gnomes. I've got a gnome Napoleon, um, like a, a gnome something. I, I don't know. Someone what what were you me. drinking there? I don't know. Yeah. Me. Really important idea. And um, and apparently this is a big. This company started doing these years ago, and have gradually brought out whole armies of them. So <laughs> there's like Anzac gnomes riding kangaroos, and and there's gnomes riding rabbits. And, well, and, why have I got a vision of what your generals are going to be on your next ADLG? I army? think that's basically it, really, isn't it? That's that's the answer. Um, so I think they're going to appear as generals at some point. You said you got to see Battle Empire there. Yeah. Um, what's your view of it? I mean, the first year us were painting up Napoleonic stuff and looking at it. Yeah. Well, but it hasn't quite kicked off just yet, really, no, has it? Well, certainly, you know, I was watching a game and the guys um, sort of, you know, they knew enough of the rules to keep moving forwards. And um, and I could see they were actually repeating as units moved, actually quite a small set of things. So I, I think once you get playing it, it didn't appear as daunting as it looks on the page I, I suspect there's a lot of the rules which are simplified and it's like i'm moving i shoot i do this bosh um and, and once you get the markers sorted out that you need to know what what each unit did so i was kind of encouraged by it um but then i don't know anything at all about napoleonics and the the sort of consensus seemed to be that there's actually a 
a simple and good set of rules in there but but there's possibly that the same way that adlg is actually version three battle empire is version one so right. so there might be an element of there's possibly still some corners to be knocked off as and when we play a bit more but but i i did get the impression that the game would move along and the troops moved up and they shot and they fell back and cavalry went in and got battered or they went in and swept people away and, and pursued forward so stuff seemed to happen quite straightforwardly um but I, I just think it's working out which rules you need to be familiar with if that makes sense you know rather than so has it encouraged you to sort of set up a napoleonics and give it a go then yeah no well i've, I've got I'm looking as we speak at three three units of of infantry that are done, and I've started a unit of cavalry, and I even bought some more of the the old glory ten mil um, strip ones as well um, to to turn into um, extra units for for the French when I was over there. Partly because I just felt so sorry for some of the traders that um, I just <laughs> needed to give people money. It was it was so bloody quiet um at, at this event there was just a big list of cancelled board games up and i think the only game that anyone was playing was pandemic uh, which was, oh. <laughs> which was a little bit horrific yeah which is appropriate and um you know they had the flea market which is sort of a, a self-done bring and buy everybody was skirting around and trying to stay six feet away from everybody who was selling stuff which made it harder to look at not many small-scale figures got bought i don't think um yeah. but and, and then just scooted out on um on the saturday night changed my flight and got out um a day early because there was just going to be nothing happening on sunday at all the, the place was just going to be closed but I, I just got out on the last last flight flight home really that, yeah, exactly. i think you piled out at the right time absolutely yeah. it was like sunday was cancelled head to the airport get out of here while you can yeah yeah sunday was definitely cancelled this means war Yeah, so hopefully going forward, so this whole working from home thing calms down a bit, and um, and there'll be scope to do a bit more painting, really. Um, and but it's it's just choosing, finish off the hop lights, do a few more bits and pieces. Got this twenty-eight mil Assyrian army that's sort of getting close to done, um, but now without the the time pressure of the competition looming to um, to to aim to have it finished for. How do you think we could do? Uh, sort of ADLG via like video conference or email or something. I was having a bit of a think about this because as you do when you're in a conference call, um, <laughs> so one way is most of us have double armies. So you could line up, both of you could line up both armies on the same side on the table and play via um, uh, FaceTime or whatever your chosen conference thing is. So at least then both you get that visual of the army. Um, you could go nerdy and buy a hex table or a, uh, um, a mat with 40, uh, 40 mil wide mm -hmm. squares on it, something like that. Hexes is tricky unless you get, unless the hex is the exact width of the um, 40 mil. I've tried I've got, uh, the um, Command and Colors game, and that's got the big hexes. And I tried I tried doing ADLG on that. And the problem is that the um, if the hex is exactly 40 mil cross, that you've got a, a discrepancy between the width and the depth of the unit. 
Right. Yeah, Hex might be over-egging it, really. I think a lot of retailers have almost closed down now as well, even they're struggling for mail order. I'm not sure I'm I'm quite up for buying a, a Hex mat just yet. Um, I guess it's, you know, the other thing is to whether we would actually get any enjoyment out of playing any sort of online games, but but I don't know, I think it's so much the figures. Yeah. Yeah, unless we all did a sort of uh, a drunken um, World of Tanks sort of uh, guild sort of thing to uh, go in and see how gloriously we could get slaughtered by, you know, various people who've been paying for years sort of thing. Actually, that's the point, isn't it? World of Tanks. That is yep. the magic ingredient. I'd completely yep. forgotten how much I used to play that. Because uh, if you get all in a, a battle with people who are all the same level of com incompetence of which... Probably it becomes very funny very quickly. It does become very funny very quickly. Yeah. Andy, Dave, have you ever done that? Or um... no, I've never yeah. ever played anything like that. Right. It's free. Right. That, I think it's that's the next one. It, it's free and it's a hoot. <laughs> I think. Um, and then we can all go in as a team, and then we can all chat to each other, which is basically, Dave, there's someone much better than you behind you who's going to shoot you. Oh no, you're dead. Uh, Respawn or or yeah. ramming speed, ramming basically, speed, with yeah. some of the tanks. Yes. Yeah. Well, knowing my ability with games, it will probably be just. Uh, I'm sorry, I headed in the wrong direction. Uh, so Dave just volunteered to have the artillery. That will still be good for the rest of us. That will still be good for the rest of us. We'll find it. Exactly. For, for, for incompetence, what we need to do is be a Russian army and have to have to communicate by flags. Yeah. I, I think honestly, um, trying to do Skype is hard enough. Um, some of the times, so I don't think if we get down to um, signalling by flags, I think technology in the world has ended. Really, um, yep. we'll be in a tougher place if we're down to flags. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm done. We'll, we'll bail out for that one. Cool. Yeah, I think about you are we're signalling by flag. This isn't a good idea. No. Are we saying you play well? War World of Tanks by by flag. <laughs> yeah, that would sort of defeat the object. You should have to be in line of sight of each other. Um, I know. Well, Harrow on the Hill is quite high up, but not that high up. Have you got a particularly <laughs> big flag? Yeah. <laughs> you raise up the flagpole, Dave. We'll look for the single. Well, I'm the wrong side of Harrow on the Hill. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Needs an even bigger flagpole then. Well, look, why, why don't... Uh, like maybe this is a Wargamers thing. We should all join World of Tanks again and just... Um, tool around and be yeah. idiots and be beaten by 12 year olds from russia um sounds good all right well, dig, dig it out, download me. it it's a free game if you've not got it and we'll um the rest of us will fire up and find out that we've probably got about 58 patches and upgrades to do since we last played it <laughs> well the last time i was playing it was on the ps4 which uh, i'd have to wrestle my son's for so i'd have to uh, load it up on the pc and start again yeah i think oh, you probably would games you have to play by using the up and down button and things like that. That's basically it. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> very no, it is literally. Yeah. Up, down. Turn the turret and fire. Or you could even play, um, um, do the, some of the tank destroyers. You don't even have to worry about the no. turret moving. No, you just, uh, or you that do the artillery. the artillery. You don't have to do anything. Just sit there. Yeah. yeah. Just sit me in the Jagdpanzer in the corner. Yes. Well, do the artillery, and you could just literally zoom into different areas to try and drop a, a round on someone. <laughs> just to blow my own people up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, all sorts of good stuff. No. Let's let's try and um, let's try and find that and make that a deal, and then um, 
I guess as we're, we're cracking on for time now, I guess um, next time we reconvene, we maybe have stories of, um, of World of Tanks and see what we can do with that. Yeah, and, and so, so like drinking fines in it. Yes, that's true. World of Tanks with beer. Yeah, like World that. of Tanks with beer. First one that goes out has a sip, you know? Yeah, yeah that could be it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, we could be in World of Tanks. <laughs> All right, well, let's load up World of Tanks and um, we will reconvene uh, next time that we're all allowed um, away from doing all that great cooking, tidying up and all those domestic jobs that we've been trying to avoid and, for years. Uh, and the Mandalorian with the Disney Plus. Right, okay. And then we'll just concentrate on growing some hair in, in the next uh, in the next <laughs> time. <laughs> until, we, until we reconvene.